Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Green Podcast. Your host, Dylan Welch here. Um, Our goal with the show is to always bring on leaders in renewable energy, clean tech, business, finance, people who are doing exciting things in the world. And uh, one thing I really love doing is bringing on a return guest so that we can hear about what they're working on. So our guest today, Kevin Wolf, the CEO of Wind Harvest, has been on the show before and he's doing really exciting things. And now uh, I get to follow up and sort of hear about what they're working on today and share that with you. So Kevin, first off, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. I'm always happy to be on your show, Dylan. Thank you. Yeah. So let's kind of um, dive right into it. Tell us about what you're working on at Wind Harvest now. Well, I should just start off saying we did a crowdfunding raise last year and it brought us enough money to move the, our turbines through these this, these next two levels of the technology readiness level. No turbine in our space, this mid-level wind space, vertical axis wind turbine, utility scale, you know, and the ability to go into whole wind farms has ever reached this level of development. And we just finished at the Underwriters Laboratory Advanced Wind Turbine Testing Facility, collecting all the data and validating our engineering models. And that was, you can read about it in our blog, it was quite a, quite a journey of, uh, and quite exciting for the engineers to be able to say, okay, here we've modeled this. Now, did the data show that our models were accurate? And the answer was, it was astoundingly good. Um, And then that gives us confidence that this model 4.0, an improved turbine, more efficient, less costly, is ready for installation right next to the model 3.1 at the testing facility. And we've actually started ordering the the parts. We've frozen the design. We're actually finalizing the selection of the remaining suppliers this week. And that's on a track to be installed here in early spring at the testing facility and that gives us certification and that is the main last step needed for customers to be able to confidently buy our turbines with having somebody like ul say yes it really will produce the power that they say it will because we validated it we did the testing of it so that's our exciting um uh news that is awesome. Those are two exciting things. One, the the crowdfunding that's um, coming together extremely well, but also even more on that is the the technology coming together. That must have been very exciting to hear that through all this hard work. You know, not only is it it's coming together and working, but it's working above your expectations. So that's exciting. Congratulations there. Real Thank quick, um, just tell us a little bit about Wind Harvest in general for our audience members who didn't listen to our last episode or who aren't familiar. Tell us a little bit about your vision for the company, what you guys are working on and where you see it going in the future. So the company's roots are in near mid-level wind resources. The founders um, knew a lot about California wind farms that there are, they funnel through these passes like in Palm Springs Pass or up in the Tatchy Pass and they speed up. When, the, when wind funnels in, it speeds up. 
Um, and that leaves this resource needing a turbine that can handle the turbulence that is in mid-level winds, near ground winds. The, the traditional horizontal axis turbines have to be lifted above that turbulent zone and they have to be spread far apart from each other to keep out of each other's turbulence. Well, this leaves this amazingly powerful <clears throat> resource available around the world with no technology yet able to use it. So that's been the vision from the beginning. And now we are close to being able to actually bring our turbines into this market. I'll tell you one quick story. I had a meeting last week with CalWIA, the wind, California Wind Energy Association wind farm owners. And of course, or like every other wind farm owner we've talked to is really you can double the energy output from our existing asset and it won't harm our existing turbines. Well, of course we'd be interested in that. So it's exciting to have those conversations going on at that high level for pilot projects um, in existing California wind farms as a major step for building, being able to build out you know, billions of dollars of product and, and sales in the future. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. How did, uh, tell us a little bit more about your background. How did you kind of come up with the idea for wind harvest in the first place? Man, I um, met the founders when I was a river guide helping save the Stanislaus River from the New Malonis Dam. And one of the people on our VIP trips was the founder of the League of Conservation Voters and a founder of Wind Harvest. And we were lamenting that there was no way to get renewable energy back in 1981, except for building dams. Hmm. And he said, no, there's wind energy. Oh, I'd never heard of wind. Their solar was nowhere in the market. And, and it was, uh, you know, nuclear or fossil fuels, and those were all problematic. So wind, oh, I was intrigued. And I followed the company, I met them, and then I started investing in the company. And then the company asked me if I would help them. And all that long story led me to where I started and founded the new company, Wind Harvest International, in 2006. And I've been working for the company since then. That's awesome. So this was back in the 80s when you kind of first came up or were introduced. I was told about wind turbines and first learned about this near ground wind resource and got to see the turbines and see and work on some of the turbines in Palm Springs and physically help build the turbines. And all that was like, all right, this is clearly the way if I'm interested in saving rivers and saving the planet having an abundant resource and being able to use it is probably the most effective thing I can do with my time um, and to make my environmental goals accomplished. It's exciting to hear that, you know, and only, I mean, the eighties wasn't that long ago. So it's cool to hear, you know, these new technologies sort of coming into, you know, not just going from concept, but really becoming these, as you mentioned, billion dollar, you know, companies. So what are sort of the next steps for you and wind harvest? Because it basically sounds like you guys are right on sort of the prep, prep whatever, the, the brink of kind of bringing this technology to the market. So once um, you get that certification, what's next after that? So the final step in the technology process for our technology is, will banks finance our customers to buy 10 million, $100 million in our product. Well, first off, no customer is gonna buy that larger in order without financing. 
And banks are conservative. And the first step in their process of deciding they'll lend somebody that kind of money is, well, is the product certified? Yes, it'll be certified. You will, will certify it. All right. We'd like to see uh, 10 or more operational data for a year. So, okay, so you got to get 10 plus turbines operating for a year for the banks to be able to evaluate that data and your modeling and everything else to say, okay, they'll last for the 10 year duration of this note. We will now lend your customer money on a 10 year note. Mm -hmm. Well, that means we got to get these in the field. So we've been developing projects. We, brought, we recently brought on a very talented, experienced um, woman named Elena Steele. She is our general counsel now, and she is heading our project development. She has almost 30 years in developing of renewable energy projects, including a lot of wind farms and solar farms in California and elsewhere. So she is a, a tremendously good asset to our team. We are, for example, in the process of we have three Air Force bases that are very interested in our technologies. They cannot bring in the tall turbines into Air Force bases because of their impacts on radar. And the military's mandate is that they move to renewable energy. So there is a new uh, SBIR grants that are available, and we are uh, applying for at least two of them with two Air Force bases, each of them $1.25 million in grants. And those projects would start in 2023. They would be some of the very first, um, it's not quite a sale because the Air Force Base get the two turbines for free and we get paid $1.25 million to provide them those turbines. So that's a huge worldwide market. Yeah. Airports and Air Force Bases and to be able to have the government come in and finance us to be able to prove that market is quite exciting. Yeah. So speaking of, um, tell us a little bit about how the Inflation Reduction Act is kind of uh, having a, a positive effect on your your vision for everything that's happening. Well, uh, it was such a nerve wracking year. And to see uh, Manchin and uh, Biden come together and, uh, and uh, agree and get it out with a 50 majority vote you know, with the vice president was like, oh, my God, what a relief swept over the entire renewable energy field, because it's a massive breakthrough for all renewable energy. For the first time ever, we have a 10 year runtime. It's always been two years, three years at the most five years. And it's always been so difficult to plan because big projects take a long time. Bringing new technology takes a long time. And so investors go, oh, how long is that tax credit going to last? Oh, three years? Eh, forget it. But 10 years? For the next 10 years, projects are going to get two and a half cents a kilowatt hour for a 10-year contract as a subsidy. Wow, that is huge. For the next 10 years, when we build towers in the United States, we get a subsidy for that. When we buy our power converters in the United States, we get $7,000 uh, rebate from the government for each power converter we buy from a US supplier. Well, we were planning on buying them from US suppliers to begin with. So thank you for the gift. It's a very nice little benefit. So it's just so many positive things have come out of it. I tell people that it's we changed the name of our slogan from 
new win for the climate revolution to new win for climate restoration because the climate revolution is over. They will never see another coal-fired power plant built in the United States. The cost of solar and wind is so much cheaper. And with the Inflation Reduction Act, it's driving it so much lower that pretty much all alternatives, unless they have some kind of breakthrough out of fusion or some kind of something else, there is going to be no more uh, fossil fuel plants built in the United States, probably no more built in Western Europe because of the Ukraine war and the realization of, of how much problem it is to be dependent on oil and gas. And we see these dang gas prices going up. Why are we dependent on Saudi Arabia? We just really have to get off of this. And the Inflation Reduction Act, with all the money that's coming for electrical vehicles and all the rest of the stuff, that revolution is over. There's some battles to fight, but the revolution's been won. Yeah, it's exciting to kind of be right on uh, on the verge of all of this happening, especially, you know, as you mentioned, it's been kind of on your radar since, you know, the early 80s. So all of that kind of knowledge and experience and hard work paying off, you know, sort of right in this moment is really exciting to see. So I know um, also you have something exciting going on with the Wind Farm Pilots, Pilots Project. Tell us a little bit about what's happening there. So... It's, it's a massive market. We did an analysis of 8,000 wind farms using UL's Wind Navigator. The best um, uh, predictor of wind speeds around the world is uh, out of that tool. And we took thousands and thousands of data points and evaluated wind farms. And we estimate that 20% of the world's wind farms have good to excellent near-ground wind resources. 20% of the existing world wind farms, well, that's a $250 billion market right now. And it's supposed to double over the next year, a $500 billion market by 2031. And no one is in the market. There is not a product that can open up that market. It is the easy pickings. It's all zoned. They've already built the roads to these mountaintops and these ridgelines. They just can't add any more traditional turbines to these sites. So it's going to open up. They need to know that our weight from our turbines won't affect their turbines. Well, we're bringing LIDAR to our testing facility in Texas to do that. Then we got to, you know, do these pilot project steps. It's it's a little bit um, involved science. Mm-hmm. and But we have wind farm owners who are interested in working with us to prove that our turbines will actually do what the science says and they will increase the output of the tall turbines. Well, that that's a sweetener. Not only do you get to double use the land, but you'll increase the output of your existing fleet of turbines. That's a winner for everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be a pretty easy sell. You know, are you kind of going to these owners of this land that already have the wind turbines and just basically saying, hey, you know, we have this additional technology you can add or what's kind of your vision for um, when it's ready to go to market? So uh, we provide the wind farm owners as a list of all the known wind farms that we can find of theirs and their estimated mid-level wind resources to show them how big is their existing fleet of wind farms for this market. And then it's like, well, you got the potential to add, and one of these folks is uh, could add 3,000 megawatts of turbines under their existing wind farms. Wow, that's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. You should definitely work with us to figure out how to do this. So it's a it's an exciting time for us. Yeah, out of curiosity, are are most wind farms on private land or public land, or how does that typically work? 
most of them are leased from ranchers. Mm -hmm. Some wind farm owners own it. Um, some utilities like SMUD owns their own land over here in Solano County in California. Some is on Federal Bureau of Land Management land, though it's not as much uh, on it um, because it's mostly private land. Got it. Well, thank you for, you know, being the, the people and the organizations and the companies that push this forward. And I love talking to people like you who, one, you know, obviously you care about the environment and the planet, but also see the opportunities to develop, you know, technology that, you know, helps America, builds, you know, and creates jobs. Um, it's, it's really exciting. That's why I love hosting this podcast, talking to people like you, because it's cool and inspiring to talk to and hear from people that, you know, do have this passion for the environment, want to, you know, switch away from, you know, coal and gas for our energy. But at the same time, you know, when you're saying $250 billion markets, that's, that also kind of pushes the, the technology, the, the interest, especially the public interest along a little bit more. So I love hearing the progress that you've made. So Kevin, tell us a little bit about uh, the crowdfunding campaign that you have going on right now. Right. So it's a rare opportunity for anybody to be able to invest in a company that's privately held uh, just before it goes to market. Most of these companies, if you're in our technology, are bought up by the big companies, the GEs and the Vestas. They be, you never have the chance. It's a very expensive and difficult process that we're doing. <clears throat> and our ability to have raised almost $2 million out of crowdfunding related funds last year is the reason why we've been able to leap forward and be able to bring this um, without having to sell ourselves out. Now people can still invest in the company through these, um, through various, uh, I can't, I'm restricted in telling you what I, uh, uh, about it. You have to go to the wefunder.com slash wind harvest site in order to get the details on the, uh, the equity, the raise. Um, but just say that we are, um, raising money there and anybody crowdfunding, anybody can raise, invest up to $2,000. Um, and if you, it's 5% of your income is what you're allowed to invest in any one year. So we're pleased to see all these $100, $500 people investing in our company because it's an, it's an unusual opportunity for, yeah. for the general public to invest. No, that's awesome. So the max is actually $2,000. No, the max is 5% of your income. Okay. And also if you're what's called an accredited investors and have a million dollars in net worth, and then the sky's the limit. Uh -huh. But for the most of us, eh, it's only 5% of your income with a, a, a minimum of 2000. Anybody can invest $2,000. Okay. No matter what their income is. Got it. Well, Kevin, thank you so much to anybody listening um, who wants to invest in this technology check out wefunder.com slash windharvest. We'll also link to that in the podcast. But Kevin, I, I love talking to you because it's just so cool to see, you know, how far Wind Harvest has come since our last conversation. I can't wait to have you on again soon in the future and learn, you know, the updates that have happened since then with the certification and the um, what happens. With right, our studies and are we really able to increase the output of the tall turbines and all the exciting things we're doing and also testing to see that we are really bird friendly. Mm -hmm. Like the ornithologists say, that the birds will see and avoid our three-dimensional turbines. Great. Well, can't wait to have you back on the show. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate Always great it. to talk to you. You as well. Yeah. And for everyone listening and tuning in, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, uh, you know, just educate yourself. My goal is to bring on leaders in clean tech, business, energy, finance, 
anyone who's doing something exciting to, you know, make the world a little bit of a better place. So if you're interested in supporting Kevin and Wind Harvest, again, go to wefinder.com slash Wind Harvest. And uh, as always, thank you. Tune in to the next episode of The Green Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full-service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting, marketing, and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.